You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding Reality, a decoding TV podcast covering the latest and greatest in reality television. I'm Justin Jordan. And I'm Deja Woolery. On today's episode of Decoding Reality, we will be discussing The Bachelor Season 27, Episode 6. And I couldn't think, I had a couple of good titles for this one. Deja, did you have a good title for this week's episode? Uh, my only thought for an episode title was um, singled out because if you wanted to be singled out in a good way, Ooh. you will be singled out in a bad way. You're going home. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. The one I had was one on none. Here's a quick game Ooh. for everyone that watches The Bachelor. Spicy. Take a drink every time someone says one on one in this episode. Oh my gosh. You will be on the floor. I don't think we can suggest that. I think that's liver damage. <laughs> it, it was the amount of times the, the word of one-on-one of Wetches in this episode was, was astounding. But I get it. I get it. It's coming to that time of the season where if you're not in it, you're out of it. You know what I mean? But you can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv and email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. And you can find us on TikTok at tiktok.com slash at decodingreality. On today's episode, we'll start by going through our initial thoughts about the episodes, and then we'll do an entire recap of the whole episode, and then we'll wrap it up with our predictions for the next episode. So Deja, what did you think of this week's episode? I have been asking week after week, when will Zach show he has a personality? And I think this week we got to see more of it, and it's not good. <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, I wow. didn't like what I felt like I was seeing from Zach this week, but I was also a little bit bored, I won't lie. I felt like I could have used a little bit more action. Maybe they just didn't find the most like rousing Estonian things to do, but... I could have used a little bit more action from the whole episode. What did you think, Justin? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think that I think that the fears in this episode are justified. One million percent justified. It's what you do with those fears as well. And we it's the return of the pattern of what's the deal? What's the deal going on with this house between white women and women of color? You know what I mean? There was a lot going on there, and I felt like there was a lot we weren't seeing as well. There were a few creative cuts uh, in some of the arguments that felt like it was trying to keep us away from the topic of race, even though it was definitely there. Just These are initial thoughts, because I'm thinking that there was a moment where someone almost said the quiet part out loud. Shout out to Brooklyn, MVP of the episode. Freddie, stop walking around. I'm so sorry. It's Freddie. This is walking around. But... Brooklyn, if you're listening, we have no choice but to stand. We have no choice but to stand. Like, that's how you, that, everyone needs that one Republican friend that got your back. Like, you agree with a lot of things, and then 
you agree with you side on him a little bit, but when the going gets tough, a Republican friend will randomly have your back. And you're like, wow, I'm glad I didn't cut you out of my life. But let's get into the recap of the episode. Bachelor season 27, episode 6. Deja, you titled it, what was it? What was the title you gave it? Singled Out. Singled Out. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, Zach is back after this episode. Last week, he had a bout with COVID, was not feeling well, and I hope that he followed all the quarantine procedures, because it seems like he's back a little bit early, but Greer is also sick this week, She, even though she didn't have time with Zach, but... That's a story for another day. So she is sick. She says that she's asymptomatic, or that's what Jesse says, but she's gone this week. So I feel like she gets like a bye week, you know? She like gets to skip a rose ceremony, which is kind of unfair, but who knows? So nine women are left and two women will go home this week. So during this conversation with Zach and Jesse, he's talking about each woman and what he likes about each woman. And I think it's very eye-opening, considering, like, where he's at with a lot of these people. Like, with Brooklyn, he loves that she's a straight shooter. With Cat, he just gets butterflies around Cat. Okay. Gabby, there is something really strong there. And this is on the eyebrow raise, but... And Allie is great. She's just great. <laughs> That's it. Ariel, he says that she's intriguing. She has eyes that look into the soul. And Jess, she's there. <laughs> Zach acknowledges that she hasn't had time to open up to him because she hasn't had a one-on-one time. She hasn't had a one-on-one date at all. And then he quickly switch focuses, uh, switch focuses to charity. And he just says he has the best time with her. Deja, I think this is more illuminating than Zach get, thinks it is. Because he's really... I think we, we know his top picks. What do you think? Just from this list. From that moment, I guessed who was going home at the end of the episode. And I guessed correct. He really? is never hard to read about this stuff because he just... I get it. It's like, he's not wasting time, but like I've said increasingly throughout the episodes, it's really annoying how he just treats it as though it's not like these women's time as well. So the second he thinks he's done, it's just like, well, I don't want to talk to you. And if our connection's not growing because I'm not talking to you, just instant. Everything has to be so instant for him. Um, And I can't stand that. And I also just, I felt like... He really liked Allie, and then he switched to Charity, and I didn't want to feel like the black girls were going to be interchangeable, but I kind of knew the second Charity got a little bit more love, Allie was not going to be getting as much. Because Charity was, like, in the background while he was interested in Allie, and he just switched. And that's pain. But I knew it was coming. And do you know what? Good for Allie. Get out while you still can. She was too pretty to be there in the first place. It was stressing me out. Spoilers! Spoilers, Daisha! You gotta wait for that part in the recap! (laughs) Even though it's the least surprising thing about this episode. (laughs) Yes, this this whole pod has spoilers. But then we do find out that Charity, speaking of Charity, gets a redo. Because last week she didn't get her one-on-one date because Zach had COVID. They had to cancel it. But Zach was looking out for her and like, kind of redoes it this time around. The women are absolutely devastated. And I think it's really telling uh, who's devastated. Number one, Jess is, like, is already tearing up. She's, like, devastated. And before Zach takes Charity on her date, this is, like, one of the big points of the episode. So Kat steals Zach for a second, which is unheard of. Because usually the bachelor comes up picks up the date, and then leaves. And then everyone goes, bye, but they don't really mean it. Cat takes Zach outside, not outside, but in the hallway, says, you know what? I just missed you. Gives him a little smooch, rubbing her lip gloss all over Zach, and all the other women notice it when he walks back into the room. And 
this is this is where Brooklyn starts to get her MVP, where she's like, "Wait a minute, that's 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 not okay. That's not okay. Why would you do that?" And Kat's like, "Oh, I just wanted to take him out for a second. Like, it's no big deal." And Brooklyn's like, "Interesting. How you chose of all one-on-one dates this one? You know what I mean, Deja? What do you think?" I think it was it was on it was on our mind. I knew when that scene came on, okay, me and Justin are gonna talk about this. Because when and who these women feel okay kind of breaking the rules with and getting upset with, um, and crossing boundaries when it comes to stealing Zach away, it's pretty clear who it is, and more often than not, it's gonna be someone with a couple shades of melanin. And it's it's getting grating this season, honestly, because I feel like it just keeps happening over and over and over again. And the second there's like one woman who's doing it, who's then removed from the situation, another woman is going to step in and do it. That's half of more than half probably of the drama this season so far is just white women overstepping their bounds and not really understanding why a, a black woman should have any respect from them or why she's there or why Zach wants yeah. her. Um, so that was really upsetting, but I was kind of living for the way everyone was mad. Sometimes you need a common enemy, okay? And the second she did that, I like the moments where they're mad because they know, like, of course I wanted to do that too, but I didn't because I have decorum. And when they're mad like that, it's like such a dignified anger because, you know, they were holding it back and they're like, how dare I have have decorum and not get my kiss, but you're going to go get your kiss? No. Now it's everybody's problem. I love those moments. That's true solidarity. So, I have a question. I have a question. Because there always comes a time in the Bachelor world where this something like this happens. Where the other contestants, or one contestant makes a big move. And the other contestant gets upset because they made a big move. Part and I'm always on the side of look. I'm not here to make friends. <laughs> did did Cat make the I'm not here to make friends play of like come on? If if we're all looking for time with Zach, it's the problem for me is that she knew she knew and she felt comfortable doing it to charity. I don't think she would have done it with any other girl, but that's beside the point. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The problem is that and she thought she could interrupt Charity's time. Go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah. I think we'll get into it later as well when we get to the group date. But it's so obvious that, like, this whole house of cards that is the Bachelor experience can't work unless the contestants agree on a few things. Unless they go in and they have, like, a little bit of sportsmanship, honestly. And it really it clearly messes with the the mansion and I guess now the hotel dynamic when somebody crosses those boundaries. So for me, just watching with my popcorn to the side, it's just, it's, it's like candy, but to actually be thinking about how these people are factoring this into their experience of falling in love with their potential spouse. I worry for them all. I think once again, I'm, prescribing everybody 10 cc's of therapy, um, 20 hugs a day, and maybe just a journal as well. Yeah, black people took a lot of L's on this one, too. I mean, well, anyway, let's just get into it, because I think, in my opinion, Charity got the worst one-on-one day I've seen in a long time, because they get to go on this, like, nice horse-drawn carriage, which is, like, mm, animal cruelty, but that's beside the point. Meanwhile, they go to this wife-carrying competition where a man carries their partner, who's a woman, upside down on their back with their face, like, in the crack, right? And I'm just kind of like, what the fuck? What'd you think? (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because Charity deserves better. She's not need the crack date. The butt crack day. She does not need that. What did you think, Deja? For me, it felt like this whole episode was an awkward scrambling for, like, what do people do in Estonia? Um, and I get it. Maybe you had an amazing deal that some hotels and attractions gave you. But this 
The activities in this episode felt awkward. It felt not culturally appropriative, but definitely like a very almost orientalist approach to looking at like Eastern Europe. It was strange. Um, we'll get to the group date later, but it just kind of felt like, should we be doing that? Should we really do that on, on this television show right now? Is that what everyone wants? And the contestants didn't look comfortable with it either. Um, so I felt like this was just another part of that in this episode where it was like, okay, I guess now she's going to be thrown over his back into his butt crack. She made a little joke about, I didn't think I'd have my face in his butt. Well, I would hope it doesn't happen again, honestly. An L. We took an L on this. Uh, oh my gosh. It was, really it was a big L. But, uh, it was, it, <laughs> I'm wa- I'm wondering, does Zach like charity, or does he feel comfortable with charity? And I think there's a huge difference because I I want to believe so much that Zach feels the way he feels about charity, but the way he acts with other women in the house proves to me he's not ready to date a black woman. He's not. He is 1,000% like not at all. Because time and time again this season, we see Zach get a little bit of friction. Just the tiniest bit of like, at like obstacle. Just the tiny, he's like, nope, I'm out. For the weirdest stuff when it comes to like Gria and that conversation, comparing COVID, I, I do want to say that Zach also compared something terribly this episode, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But, like, if a girl has doubts, eh, I don't need to comfort you. You can just go. And if you're dating a person of color, especially a black woman, you're gonna... You you will face a few obstacles, I would say. I mean, you're gonna face a few obstacles, and you got... Like, what, what if Charity's parents just looks at Zach wrong? He's like, I'm out. I'm gone. I think that's what's going to happen. You know, what do you think, Deja? Because I'm worried. I completely agree. And I feel like Zach and this constant search for just comfort is really, this is what I mean when I say like the more he shows his personality, the more he's pissing me off. Because I feel like if you are with a black woman, (laughs) Zachary, that also means you dismissing her feelings is going to only have way more layers to it. It's only going to show up in way more context and it's going to show up in way more moments where you cannot as a white man know what you're saying and you're still going to disregard her feelings based on what we've seen of him so far. And I think we've talked so much about how um, white women treat black women because of like the natural situations that have shown up this season and how much they're like, well, you don't really deserve to be here. So I, it's okay for me to step over you. It's okay for me to question you because why are you here in the first place? And there's nothing Zach has shown us that doesn't say he's going to come with the energy of, wait, you get to be my wife. You get to be in this space with me, this white space with me. So how could you bring friction to my life? Like this is a gift to you. Because that's that's the energy we've seen throughout this season. So we already know that that's like a white disposition towards black people. And he doesn't like conflict. At all. You, oh my gosh, Deja, you're right. Especially the role of The Bachelor enhances everything that you said. Because The Bachelor's like, I get to give you a one-on-one. I get to spend time with you. You know what I mean? Like, Or it's it's almost every minute with The Bachelor is like a a pseudo gift of time. Like I'm gracing you with my presence. And Zach is truly reveling in it in a way that I haven't seen before in a lead. But meanwhile, back at the house, the issue of Kat interrupting this one-on-one day is not going away. Kat is talking to the house. Oh, Um, I just wanted to add something onto what you said before we go back to the house, which is just, um, I don't know if you, remember or like have heard of but there's a show years ago where they told all these women you're going to be dating prince harry but it was just like a random ginger man 
And then they were all like, oh my god, we're dating a prince, like, this is our chance. That's essentially The Bachelor. Because they just bring a random man, but they tell you essentially, like, he's gonna be your prince. And it's gonna be great. But that is, that is Zachary from Texas. That's not a prince, that's just a guy. And he's gonna treat you like just some guy. But like you said, everything is a gift. Just by it being there, just by them being The Bachelor. It's such a power imbalance, just built into it. Ugh, all kinds of nonsense. One of them, one of the top rules of the, this show, if you're a contestant, The Bachelor is not your boyfriend. Jess, if you're watching this show, if you're listening to this podcast, The Bachelor is not your boyfriend. <laughs> anyway, uh, where were we? Uh, back at the house. The issue's not going away. Kat is talking to Ariel, and she's like, I don't feel like I did anything that bad. Like, it's because COVID, like, since COVID happened, all the rules have changed. We're all, like, going through time. And Ariel, she, I I love Ariel for this because she's, she points out that if the rules went out of the window when Zach got COVID, she says that it's not something she would should do if he didn't get COVID, but she did. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, oh. And they didn't say what Ariel or not Ariel, what Cat said back because she just kind of looks like okay. Because if that's true, Cat, if the rules are out of the window because Zach got COVID, you everything is strategy, and I get it. I'm, I'll, I'll, if I'm on the show, I'm not here to make friends. I'm visiting the Bachelorette whenever I can. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's the shot you thought you could take, which feels really odd to me, if that makes any sense. But meanwhile, back on the date, Charity and Zach, they try bad pepper flavored shots of some liquor. We don't know. And they're having a great time in Estonia. And Zach says, Charity just makes the most out of everything. And she's starting to think that Zach just, she thinks that Zach is like there for her. She's never had a date this well. And I hate to break it to you, Charity, but Zach does not plan these dates. He does not plan these dates at all. I'm so sorry, Charity. I'm so sorry. I'm so scared for her. But I'm just, the way he talks about Charity, we said it before. He's just, he just doesn't want the conflict. And right now, Charity doesn't bring conflict to the relationship. Deja, did you get the same vibe as me on this one? Absolutely. The way he was talking about Charity was like every small act of like human behavior was a shock to him. When they um got to the wife-carrying competition, and there's a moment where Charity just goes, you know, they're looking for volunteers, and Charity just goes... Yeah, we'll do it. And Zach's like, before I could even think, you know, Charity just jumped right in. She's always looking to make fun moments out of things. Zachary, your carriage took you directly there on purpose. You got out of the chair, out of the carriage. The cameras were set up. They were already looking at you. Please don't pretend that Charity saying that means you just fall deeply in love with her. That was literally her following a script. You can't tell me that's a reason you love her. It's the thing. She likes, or he likes, that she follows the script. She plays the role. Meanwhile, they cut back to the house, and Jess really wants a one-on-one date. She's doing the math. There's only a few weeks left, which means there's only, like, one, maybe two one-on-one dates left for fantasy suites and hometowns and all that stuff where it gets really juicy. And he, she hasn't had time with Zach. She's like just one of those people that floats along in the middle of the season and is surprised that the bachelor doesn't want to spend time with her. You know what I mean? And I get it because one-on-ones do matter. Don't let anyone tell you different that they're just like, it's a h- entire day with the lead to see if you like them or not. You know what I mean? Like, it, and then everyone has to trauma dump. During the night portion and stuff, like, we tell your tragic backstory. So it does matter. But I'm worried that 
how do I say this nicely? I'm worried that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Especially with Zach, if you if you feel like hesitation or if you seem just a tiny bit desperate, you're out the door immediately. You know what I mean? Do you think one-on-ones matter this much, Deja, or am I just bugging? I absolutely think one-on-ones matter that much. But I also feel like if at this point you haven't had a one-on-one, just enjoy your vacation. See how long it lasts. Like, be realistic. If you have not gotten to spend a whole day with this person, do you think at this point you're going to get anywhere? Um, So just this whole breakdown, it's like, I think Zach has made it a self-fulfilling prophecy because he really is so unwilling to meet people where they are emotionally. They just have to be wherever he's at or he's upset. You bring up a sales thing when we're talking about COVID and now I'm upset. And you tell me that you want to be confident and I say we're confident, but I don't like how you just got sad. So now I'm upset. If you don't meet him where he is, he's going to lose it every single time. Um... So questioning his commitment to you is just an instant, instant guarantee that he'll be done with you. But at the same time, I think it's also working in the other way that it's already true. You're going home by the time you start to realize maybe your connection is not that secure. Jess wasn't winning. <laughs> she wasn't. I'm she sorry, rushed the Jess. inevitable. Ugh. Like I felt bad. I really did because mm. it's the rare case of like, no, your fears are correct. No, your insecurities are correct. <laughs> you know, like, she had a gut feeling that he just wasn't that into her. And she, and she was right. But meanwhile, to someone that Zach actually cares about, Charity, in the night portion, Charity tells her tragic backstory. And she talks about all the bad relationships before, and mainly her previous relationship was abusive. And this is really really terrible to happen to her because she talks about how her past partners were unfaithful with someone she knew and she makes the point say on national television that she hid this from her parents which is okay weird choice but okay it's it's national they're gonna find out now but all right all right um but zach says this part really grinds my gears but zach Zach says that he's happy that that happened to her because she made her life better from it. Zach compares this to getting lost in his previous relationship because he didn't even know his favorite music. Man, fuck you, Zach. Man, like, I, I, I can't, I can't hold it up. Man, what the fuck? What the fuck? Zach, Zach, look at me, Zach. Be, be fucking for real. I'm sorry. No, no, no. BFFR. Bruh. And, and the worst part is, Greer, Greer suffered for a, like less extreme comparison. Remember when she's like, oh, I had COVID too at work. And he's like, oh, it's not the same as my COVID. It's not the same as my COVID because I'm working for a wife. What the fuck is this? And Charity's like, I, I was abused. I'm in this abusive relationship. I got cheated on it. And Zach's like, yeah. I can relate because I didn't know what my favorite genre of music. Man, shut up. I can't. Deja, what did you think? Because I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I think that Zachary Shalcross has about the emotional range of, um, you know, those iPhone chargers you buy at a gas station that lasts you like twice? The exact same emotional range as him. I have never. It's the way that every single time during these one-on-ones, the women get vulnerable and he squints. He's like, yeah, yeah. Like a little slack jawed. And then he goes, I am so happy you felt comfortable telling me that because when I was two, I stubbed my toe. I've cried too. Um, you are so strong. Here's a rose. Zach, I need you to get expeditiously for real. And stop pretending that you have any emotional range to be looking for a wife right now. You need to go back to the drawing board. You need to go back to Hinge and just work on your profile. That's the best you can do right now. Absolutely Oh, my God. You know what this reminds me of? You know what this reminds me of? Zach Shellcross is the type of person to make fun of women uh, for 
like saying like, oh my gosh, I love Starbucks and yoga. And he's like, oh, oh, well, that's so dumb. That's so dumb. Meanwhile, his page is like, I love the office. I'm looking for a gym to my Pam. That's Zach right now to me. Like, what the, like, Zach, 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 if you're watching this show, if you're listening to this podcast, bruh. Six like, one, if it matters. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, anyway, she gets, Charity gets the first. <laughs> and Charity just run, girl. He's not ready. He's not ready. Meanwhile, back at the house. Another clip of Jess begging for that one-on-one. She is, she is just wants that one-on-one date so bad. She's willing to commit war crimes for this one-on-one, but it's a group date card and Jess is on the group date and she immediately starts breaking down. And it's funny because Ariel was talking to Jess earlier in the episode about how much Jess wants this one-on-one and stuff like that. And there was like, Oh my God, it's, what does this mean? Doesn't mean I get another one on one? Oh my gosh, Ariel! Oh my gosh! And Jess is like, she's about to, she's about to jump off the Eiffel Tower. Like, oh my gosh, Jess, are you okay, girl? But I, I want to feel bad. I do. I do want to feel bad. But how how much can you feel bad? Because I'm wondering how strong is this connection for her to feel this way at this time. You know what I mean, Deja? What did you think? I felt bad. I felt bad for Jess's emotional reality. Within herself, this was a very serious thing from what we could see. She looked like she was having a breakdown, but she was having that breakdown over a man she doesn't really know at all. Um, into her own admission that she, you know, later talks about how she sees one-on-one dates and, and what she, uh, can open up with once she has started a one-on-one date. She is in a competition where it is a possibility that you are the last one. That's how it goes, because you are picked one at a time. And I don't think it ever occurred to her that it could actually happen, that she could be stuck in this position of there are only so many weeks left, and I don't know truly what it's like for us to be in a room alone together. Um So I felt for her in that reality, but, girl... It, his name is Zach, okay? There's only so much I can take from you. Yeah, I also think that Jess seems like... The, I've said this before in previous episodes. Jess strikes me as the person who does not pursue her relationships. Or she is pursued a lot. And she doesn't know how to be the pursuer, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I was waiting for your reply, but the, you were muted. Yeah, I was I like, oh. No, yeah. <laughs> I was mulling it over, giving it a few uh, deep and soulful nods. No, uh-huh. I agree, because I think Jess... I will say Jess went about it in a way that felt pretty uh, real. She was stressed and she was going to show it. <laughs> there was no hiding emotions for Jess. Um, and the way that all the girls seemed to react was that none of them seemed to have any beef with her. It seemed like they like her. They just didn't think that she should be there at that point. Um, I felt like every little confessional that it would cut away to regarding Jess or after somebody had a conversation with Jess was them being like, yeah, she's just um, way too stressed. She cannot see the bright side. She can't talk her way through this stress. Like over and over again, they were finding their own way to say she can't be here. <laughs> It's it's the self-fulfilling prophecy, which is very sad. But speaking of prophecies, that's when the group date happens and all the women except for Ariel and Charity get to go on this spooky witch date. They visit a healing witch in the forest of Estonia. Yes, that's a real sentence that happened in The Bachelor, but whatever. Anyway, before this date, Charity says that she was kind of low-key upset with what happened at the beginning of her day, you know? But she doesn't want to, like, bring it up or anything. And Kat says she doesn't want to bring it up because she doesn't want to mess with the vibes before the group day in Brooklyn. 
Brooklyn from the top rope was like, oh, you don't want to mess with the vibes before a group date? Before your time with The Bachelor? Hmm. dink. I think not. And, and. Told on herself. Told on. I mean, oh my gosh. Brooklyn. I, 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 I stand. She was right. We were all thinking it. And Brooklyn just said it. Possibly sabotaging herself. But Brooklyn had the line of the season. Because Kat says, that really hurt my feelings the way you said that. And then Brooklyn, quote, here's the quote. The quote of the season said, if it hurt your feelings, well, if the shoe fits, lace that bitch up. Brooklyn. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. Place that bitch up. And like, the church said amen. Amen. Oh my gosh. I, I, I love Brooklyn for this. She probably sabotaged herself from ever. You know, she wasn't going to win anyway, but like she's going home in the next two weeks. It's over. And she, she had to keep it real. She had to keep it real. What do you think? Is Brooklyn best player of the game right now? What do you think? Brooklyn, I saw a TikTok the other day, um, and somebody was saying how they had this bully when they were in school who would constantly beat them up, but at the same time told all the other bullies not to mess with them. That makes me feel like Brooklyn. Like, that is the energy I get from Brooklyn. Do I do I think that Brooklyn is as uh, sunshiny? Not that she exactly displayed sunshiny energy. Do I think she's as strong of an ally and as... Down for the people in all situations? <laughs> no, but I think if she's been wrong too, she can fight for you. Brooklyn. <laughs> I I can't tell. Cause I I know that woman is a Republican. I know. I just know it. Brooklyn, please tell me you're not a Republican. Please. Because she kept it real. She kept it real. And she stood up for charity. And for that, you get a gold star. So anyway. Back to the spooky witch date, right? All the girls go. They all get staged down and stuff like that. Nothing of importance happens here except that they all hold a candle with Zach individually. And once Jess gets the candle, it goes out, symbolizing their... I think... Oh, go ahead. I think this moment needs more of a dramatic retelling. I think it's like, uh, you have your tinfoil hat moment. This is my storybook moment. Okay, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. This moment, my my partner got long text messages detailing this. They are out in this forest. Half of these women look so deeply uncomfortable. The second the word witch was said, you can tell that they were shaking in their boots. They were thinking about all the hymns they could remember. They clearly didn't feel comfortable with it. Um, But they're out here in this forest and they have to be in love. So they're getting, like, Zach to put smoke on them. Fine. Jess internally is panicking with every fiber of her being. She has laid all her nerves out. And this whole situation is just tap dancing on every last one of them. And all she has to do is find a spark with Zach. Find a single moment of looking into his eyes and it's all going to seem worth it. And the candle just goes out. And the best part is the witch just looks and goes, Oh, sorry. <laughs> Not we can light the candle again. <laughs> Not it's okay. Just sorry. It's over. <laughs> and I think that witch knew exactly what was happening. I think she said, Listen, the candle went out. You're not going to be here much longer. I'm sorry. I don't know what you were thinking, but pack your bags, girl. It was done. Here's the thing. This is side tangent. Here's the thing about spookiness and witches and stuff and ghosts and stuff like that. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't. I really like, no. But if the off chance that it is real... Why are we messing with it? Why are we trying to summon anything? Why are we keep keep it in the ground? Keep it six feet under. That I don't want to touch it. That is the blackest statement I've ever heard. <laughs> what do you mean? 
<laughs> like if it's real. It gives if one it thing isn't. black people are gonna do with spirits. It says none of my business. None of my business. I don't want to know. I don't want to open the door. I don't want the key. I don't want the Ouija board. I don't want none of it. I don't want no portals, no ghost, no nothing. Just let bygones be by ghost. That's it. So see, this is why I couldn't be on the Bachelor. <laughs> I would say that out loud, and I said, "Let's put Justin on the." Spooky ghost thing. Oh gosh. Anyway, so what a what a date. Because anyway, the night portion of the group date comes. And I will say, note, best dressed was Gabby for me. She came out with that green coat, and I was like, damn, okay, Gabby. Okay, I see you. Meanwhile, Jess states again that she really just wants a one-on-one date. That's all she wants. I will point out that every contestant that like makes it a point to ask the bachelor or the bachelorette about a one-on-one or one-on-one time during this time period goes home shortly after. Like, it's... I get it. Part of me thinks it's like a producer thing. Like, yeah, you should totally ask the bachelor now. Also, pack your bags right now, just in case. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, hey, what are you going to do? So, they show Gabby and Katie. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go. I also feel like it's worth mentioning that Jess is not the last one to get a one-on-one date. Greer still hasn't had one. And I know that when someone brings this up to her, she's like, Oh, but Greer's not even here. Okay, but girl, we're tired of hearing it. Maybe next week you'll get it. And then we'll just have listened to you for nothing. So how about we all just kind of calm down? <laughs> like, they are at their wit's end with this woman. Yeah. I, I'm still curious if Greer got, like, a bye week. Because, like, if you can just, like... <laughs> so, Greer was checked, was almost checked out. What if she was like, <laughs> I'll just take this week off. <laughs> I get it. I would have done. I, I would have thought about doing the same thing. So shout out to Greer. I hope you were actually sick. Actually, no. I hope you weren't sick. Anyway, I hope you're okay. <laughs> I just hope you're okay. So night portion of the group date. Gabby and Katie have a conversation with Zach, and they show long portions of it, which leads to my tinfoil hat theory that. Gabby, Katie, final two. One of them has to be the bachelorette. One of them has to be the winner. I can just feel it. I can feel it in my soul. And biggest, biggest, biggest red flag. Not red flag, but like green flag for Gabby. Gabby says, yeah, I know we haven't had time together. But, you know, I was just really looking forward to tonight. And Zach says, believe me when I tell you, don't worry about anything. Long pause. Just don't worry about anything. I was like, motherfucker, already picked her! He picked her! Like, uh, like, if that's the biggest flag I've ever seen of, like, just chill out, keep your head down, don't get any drama, and I will pick you. Like, I I think he just said it plain out loud. What do you think, Deja? I think it's funny. Let me just pause, because I hear the anger rising up by me starting a sentence with, I just think it's funny how... But I find it interesting that Mr. You're showing emotion, so I need you to leave. Turns out he is capable of reassuring people and talking to them when they're emotional and when they're not feeling they have enough attention. He just won't do it unless he actually thinks you're like a human being whose feelings matter. So he has to want you already or don't expect anything from him. (laughs) That made me so upset. Like, Woman after woman has been asking for literally just that from you, Zach. Just words. Words of affirmation. And I'm not saying I would fight the current Bachelor, but I'm saying catch me outside. Wow, you are you are so right, Deja. You are so right! Because it was that easy. It was so unbelievably easy. Just to being like, you li- listen, I like you, you like me. This, this thing is fine. You know what I mean? We're fine. I'm secure in my feelings about you. Who really needed this reassurance was Jess. Because again, 
She says she wants that one-on-one, and she's going to use her time alone with Zach to ask what's going on with their relationship. Jess says that she's just a hopeless romantic, you know? She feels that everyone else is progressing in their relationship except her. She is correct. Zach says he feels something about Jess since night one. He's felt something, but Jess needs more validation than just you felt something on night one. Jess wants to know what she can do that's not forced or natural. She was just get, hoping to get on one-on-one to open up. And Zach says, pause. Don't worry about the one-on-one. Just let it come naturally. And Jess is like, but there's only a few weeks left. And if I don't get a one-on-one date with you, how am I supposed to open up? And Zach's like, well, you can just open up at any time. And she's like, bitch, I haven't seen you in a week. Two weeks. You had COVID. And Zach is like, why are you so obsessed with this one-on-one? Why are you so worried about it? And, oh, my gosh. Zach, this is going back and forth for a good, like, five minutes of the episode. Zach says it's not about the one-on-one. But it's the entire point of the whole show, if you ask me. And just just wants to know where Zach's head is. Zach sits up and says, Now that you say that, I feel nervous and not confident about our relationship anymore. And I think we should end this now. I never gasped so loudly at this show, this episode, at this moment. Because I was like, really, Zach? Really? Just... She's just asking for some amount of validation. Gone. Instant. Like, instant death. Deja, have we ever seen someone exit so quickly before? Like, goddamn. That was so infuriating to watch. And I I think, to slightly differ from you, I don't even think she was looking for validation about that by the end of the conversation. It sounded like she just wanted him to acknowledge, like... Okay, I okay. Maybe you saw one-on-one dates and where we have time for vulnerability differently. But do you see how it was hard for me? She kept saying that. But do you see how it's hard from my position? And he really just refused to listen to her and just to say, like, it could have been as simple as him saying, like, I'm so sorry you felt that way. That must have been really hard. I do care about you. She would have been skipping back to all the other girls, talking about my man, my man, my man. But he refused to do that. And within like the same minute, he's talking about, I'm so confident in what we have. You know, that's why I'm not worried about the one-on-one dates. I'm so confident. I'm so confident. She keeps pushing, refuses to just be easy for him. You know what? I'm not. He said, I'm not going to be dishonest with you. I'm always going to be a straight shooter. I'm just not confident in this. Zach, 45 seconds ago, you were confident. So please don't switch your words up. Please don't act like this is something it's not. You're making me upset now. You have me capping for some woman named Jess who I didn't care about before this episode. I don't want to hear it. And for him to follow that up crying and tearful, though I didn't expect this, you did not give her anything emotionally. You do not... What he wanted was an easy conversation where he got to kiss a pretty girl knowing that he doesn't really like her. That's what he wanted. Jess is a woman that he is attracted to, has no emotional interest in, and wanted to keep around. And this entire scene just was the nail in the coffin. I don't like this man. Really? Okay, so agree with everything that you said. 1,000%. My question for you now is... Is it that Zach is a terrible person for doing this? Or is it that the the position of being the lead of the show puts you in the position to do shit like this that you can't control? The same way, like, there's no such thing as, like, a morally ethical president because they all commit war crimes at some point or the other. Politics in decoding <laughs> The Bachelor. But, um, you know what I mean? It's like... Am I making sense? Is it that Zach's a terrible person and he did that because he's a terrible person? Or the the 
I guess the bachelor puts you in this position where you have to do shit like this, like keep around people that you're just not really into. You know what I mean? What do you think? I think both because the entire concept of this show is psychological warfare. I would not want to be in a position where I'm dating 20 people and they all feel like they're fighting for my affection. That doesn't sound like a good time to me at all. Um, that sounds like a lot of hurt feelings. And they'll say it right in the beginning, you know, like, it's scary going on this journey because no matter what, you know, hearts are going to be broken. Why are you doing this journey? There are other journeys, guys. There are options. But at the same time, Zach is choosing the way he's doing this. And it's not with kindness. It's not gentle. He can at any point validate just the emotion someone's having He doesn't have to lead them on to just be like, wow, that must be tough. Um, You're right. Like, he could still do the same thing of being like, you're right. There isn't much between us. You know, I was willing to keep you here and see if that would change. But um, if you're not feeling it either, I think we should end it. Like, he could have said the same, communicated the same points while also validating that, like, these women have come and they're trying to show up for you emotionally and you're shutting some of them out. But he never does meet them there. So I think it's a combination of the two. What do you think? I think that... I think that his flaws are exponentially bigger on a set this big. Little things that, if you're just dating one person at a time in the real world, are like annoying things, are now magnified. Or not magnified. I guess like... It's like when people get money, they show you who you really are, you know? (laughs) It's like, you were never, it's not that money made you a terrible person, it's just that, like, it just gives you an opportunity to be who you really want to be. You know, I think that's the case here. So, meanwhile, next day, Ariel gets the one-on-one date, and she gets to go to a nudist spa. And note for the status nerds out there, the people who get, like, this weird naked date hardly ever win. You know, it's always like, oh, we're naked getting massages. We're naked doing that. They hardly ever win. But Ariel, looking good. I loved her maroon outfit thing that she had on. She had, like, a little pants action going on. Love the outfit. And Zach is just saying how comfortable he is with Ariel. How so he's so excited to see Ariel. And I'm just thinking, does he like her? Or does he want to actually never mind? Anyway. <laughs> so they're in this nudist spa. They're rubbing leaves all over each other. They get to go to this like, what's it called? A sweat sauna thing where it's like in wood and you Get all smoky or steamy. What's it called, Deja? What's it called? Uh, like a sauna. Just a sauna log. <laughs> I just I said sauna. Dang it. Anyway. Yeah. They're trying to have alone time in the sauna. It gets weird because they're interrupted by another nudist couple. And they're like, oh, what's going on? I think this is breaking some boundaries, but that's just me. You know what I mean? Weird. Also on national television, but... Okay, but Zach points out that he just, he likes that he can be comfortable around Ariel. He says that she feels like a best friend to him. And I'm like, oh, death nail, death nail. Ariel's not winning. She'll be great in paradise, but you don't want him to think that you're his best friend. But Ariel says that she likes to cut everything with humor, so it's really hard to open up. So she doesn't. And we don't know Ariel's tragic backstory. And I was like, low-key, I respect it, Ariel. I respect it. She gets the rose at the end of the day. I don't have anything that important to say about this part of the episode. What do you think, Deja? I'll say one thing. Almost every single time Zach had to describe her, what he liked about her, how he felt around her, he said, funny, 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 funny. They get to the, you know, the night portion of the day and she's like, yeah, sometimes all I can give people is humor, but there's more to me and I want to be seen for more than me. I don't want to feel like I have to present as what this person wants in order to be loved by them. And I'm thinking, run away from Zach because the second that you're difficult, he won't want you. And after all that time where he just kept calling her funny, once she expresses, you know, I want to be seen as more than that. I don't want to just be like 
something to make you happy, because what if I don't? He changes up the description, and he says, you are so incredibly mature. Mature? That's the best you could do? Really? He does not want to be with her. He's entertained by her, and he wants something easy, and so it's very easy to be entertained. But from everything she says about what she fears getting into a relationship, and then what he's meeting her with, he is what you're afraid of, girl. Run. Run the other way. Just stay in Estonia. They'll take good care of you. Do not go with that man. You're exactly right. Ariel seems like a great pick. Not the pick for Zach. Absolutely not. I think she'll do great in Paradise. I hope she gets to Paradise, but that's another podcast. So, episode continues with the cocktail party. Allie, who has gotten a little bit more screen time than usual this episode, which always means that she's about to go home. But she says that she's been exhausted lately and wonders where she is with Zach. And she asks this in front of Zach, and Zach's like, no, uh... We're great. I'm sorry that you feel exhausted. It's fine. Dead. Dead girl walking. Anyway, so Kat steals charity during the cocktail party and tries to apologize for interrupting, or I guess, getting Zach right before she went on a one-on-one date. She's apologizing, and then Brooklyn enters the room and asks a very important question that we never know the answer to. And I would like to know the answer to this. Brooklyn says, would you have done the same thing that you did to Charity to Jess? And Kat storms out of the room. And Brooklyn, you said the quiet part out loud because I think you're right to answer that or ask that question because Kat knew she could take that shot with Charity. She knew. She 100% knew. She wouldn't do it with Katie. She wouldn't do it with Gabby. She could do it with Charity. And this is a constant running theme through this season of women or white women on this show overstepping their boundaries or thinking they can take pot shots or take opportunities away from contestants of color. I'm of two minds of this, but I want to know your thoughts before I get into it, Deja. Part of why I say that Brooklyn reminds me of like the bully who told all the other bullies not to mess with you at school is because the type of white woman who often acts the way she does, who's going to be very loud and very outspoken, um, often has trouble understanding that there's privilege in the fact that they're able to act that way. Um, and so I felt, you know, of two minds of about the way Brooklyn butted into the conversation, because if charity had acted the same way about that, it would have been an entirely different tone over the season, over the reactions on social media, over the house, Oh, for Zach, it would have been something completely different. So her butting in is also not giving Charity a chance to handle it, package that shit up and put it aside. Because it kind of seemed like that's what Charity wanted to do. To just get an apology and move on. Um, so that kind of, it kind of bothered me when she first came over. But you know what? Yeah. Would you have done the same thing to Jess? Be honest. Be fucking for real. And if you say the answer is yes, well, you're wrong. You wouldn't have done the same thing, and this was racially motivated, and I'm calling the NAACP. Oh, here's my thing, because it, I think that Brooklyn is right, that, and you're right, she wouldn't have done this with a white woman. But the thing is, the history of the show and the structure of the show proves cat right if that makes any sense because a lot of times on this show and just in general i don't know if you heard this before because i've heard this like dozens hundreds of times you'll have a black person who is beautiful amazing incredible all these adjectives that their white peers throw at them And yet, they never end up with the guy. And they never end up with, like, the. they never win in the end. And 
their white peers always go, well, she's great. She's awesome. She's this, that, and the other. And they're throwing all these heaps of compliments on this black woman. Civically charity in this case. But they never let them, they never let her win. They never let her have the time. They never, you know what I mean? Like, even when Charity gets that one-on-one, why did Charity get that one-on-one? I think I can scooch in there. When Brianna comes in in a beautiful gown, you know what I mean? She looks beautiful. She's great. Oh, my gosh. She looks like a princess. But, eh, like, oh, my gosh. You, you look terrible. I'm just kidding. You know what I mean? It's like their white peers are unaware that they are the ones perpetuating this. I'm not sure if this makes sense, but I'm trying to like say it as a full thought live, but it's like they throw the compliments, but are unaware that they are also the ones, uh, they are also the obstacles in the way of these black women finding success and finding love. Am I making sense, Stasia? Yeah, there's like um there's like a cognitive dissonance where it's like I can tell that you are all of these good things, but the actual reality of that, the second you being good starts to affect me, actually you're terrible. It's the same thing as those men like on the street who'll be like, smile, gorgeous, and then you don't smile, and it's like, you ugly anyways. That's like, that is the culture around it. It's like, you can be great, just don't be great too close to me. Don't be great if you're gonna dull my shine. Exactly! That's exactly what I'm talking Wow, you said it better than me and quicker than I did, but it's just... I, I don't think the show is brave enough to address it, but this podcast is. We see it, we recognize it, and Brooklyn, you're invited to the cookout. Get your paper plate, girl. You know what? Get some foil. Wrap it up. She can she can get a quick takeaway plate. Just a quick one. <laughs> Go on home. <laughs> Don't let your people know that you were here. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. But rose ceremony happens. Allie goes home. Cat gets the last rose. And that's, not much happens in the rose ceremony to report on, but that is the end of the episode. Or not episode, but the end of the recap. Deja, what are your predictions for next week? Do you, cause right now, my final two or three solidified in the concrete solidified, but everyone else, Brooklyn's going home next week. Kat's going home next week, probably. But uh, what are your final three or four, Deja? Yeah, I could see it ending with uh, Ariel, Gabby, Katie. And I truly think still, I just think Zach is going to keep a black woman around for the final four. So I'm going to say Charity will be in the final four. Just because I think Zach is going to be like, I don't know, there's something I feel with her. Well, Zachary, that's called fetishization. And it's actually not love. But you'll figure that out in a little bit. You'll meet her family and be like, oh no, you guys want me to talk to you. Okay. It's too much at once. Um, but I think he'll keep he'll keep a little diversity in there. So I think that's my final four. Um, I think Brooklyn and Kat should probably just start organizing their stuff. Maybe folding a little bit. Um, there's no point. Get your laundry done before you have to go. All that kind of thing. They need to just get ready to go home. He's not even going to give them time. Damn, I, one prediction depressing. I have is that I think another girl will get, I think other girls will get additional one-on-ones and Greer will not get one. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't think he's going to give Greer the one-on-one at all. Just the rub in the knife. Because honestly... Yeah. At this point, I don't think I think Greer's gonna self eliminate. That's my that's one of my predictions. Greer's gonna be like, come out of COVID and like, listen, I've had time to think, think not about you and I'm out. If I'm not gonna have one on one, I'm out. Like and more power to Greer because she's right, your your insecurities are not wrong. He's just not that into you, you know what I mean? And the way he acted with that weird Zoom thing, the way you got way too mad, and then turned around and did the exact same thing to Charity. Pass. Pass. But, I will say, final 
I keep flip flop. I think Gabby is the winner. Katie's the bachelorette. Still, still my top two. Third, I'm gonna throw charity on there. I'm gonna throw charity. And fourth, it's fantasies. Mm, I'm gonna put, oh, I'm gonna put Cat up there. I think she'll win this fight. Brooklyn's not winning this debate or rivalry. She's not winning. So Cat, Charity, Gabby, and Katie. That's my final four. So any other predictions for next week, Deja? No, that's exciting though. I think it's it's Ariel and Cat that we uh disagree on, so I'm curious to see how they'll show up next week. But fingers crossed it's not a great week for Greer. Rest in peace, Greer. We hardly knew thee. But that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Decoding Reality. As a reminder, you can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv. And you can email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. And don't forget, find us on TikTok at tiktok.com slash at decodingreality. Deja, where can the people send all of their bundles of roses to this week? The people can send all their roses to Deja Talks TV. Uh, it's on all platforms, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And I hope they'll accept my rose so I can spend more time with them next week. Justin, where can the lovely people send all their gown requests to? <laughs> uh, you can send those wherever toys are sold at Freddy's Roommate on Twitter, Instagram, and on TikTok. So we will see you next week. Goodbye. Keep saying the quiet part out loud. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.